Hello, hi, what's up? Welcome to the success side where I bring learning conversations, experiences, stories from the leader next door. People who live around us. Can be your friend, a family member, a colleague. People who've made it big. People who are successful. So let's hear from them. Let's hear their stories. What they did, how they did, their ups and downs. So let's get this party started. Today, we have one of the best leadership and happiness guru with us, Avinash Ananda. He has worked with celebrities, CEOs, monks, and kids. Super fantastic. Let's jump right in. Stick with me. All right. So, Namaskaram. Namaskar. Namaskar. How are you, Raj? Very, very good. That's I would good. love to see your Namaskar once again because oh, I'm so interested in seeing those rings. <laughs> so there we go. So yeah, yeah, let's let's start with that. Start with the rings. Yeah. Okay. See, I was ten years old, uh, and uh, my sister was eight years old at that time. And my father was a corporate professional and he used to love going for seminars. You know, our business is training and seminars. So my dad was in the pharma industry, pharmaceutical industry, and he was in total quality management and he loved these seminars and he befriended all these speakers, the trainers. So one of these guys was a great friend of my father. His name was Professor Rushi Kumar Pandya. And uh, I still remember I was 10 years old in that uh, seminar. He Dad took us there and I was watching this person mesmerized and he became my guru. He became my mentor for 30 years. So and he used to wear these long rings. He had big rings and he had long hair. So in my, in my process of emulating the inside, I, this is easier to emulate the outside. So I think that stuck. And today he's no more on this planet. So this is my way of remembering him. Oh, that's so cool. I, remember, I remember my roots. That's brilliant. So where were you when you were ten years old? Where was I? I was in uh, where was I? I was in Hyderabad. Okay. I was in, so uh, they, they were working there. Dad and mom. Mom was a bank uh, employee. Uh, she started as a as an officer. She retired. She started as a trainee. Retired as an officer. Twenty nine years, one job, uh, which I cannot understand how someone can do that. But uh, uh, hats off to her. Uh, and then and dad was in the corporate world. I told you. So they kept sometimes. They were transferred. So we lived in Hyderabad, then we lived in Bangalore. So this was in Hyderabad. Okay. And and you were you were born in Hyderabad? I was born in Bangalore. Okay. I was born in Bangalore, uh, grew up, spent about 10 years in Hyderabad, then came back to Bangalore, did my college in Bangalore, and uh, then went off to the I went to the US for uh, uh, before my college. I did some uh, I did my I went on a rotary scholarship then. Oh wow. So, yeah, that was fun. <laughs> wow. Yes. Yeah. How did you manage to do that? I didn't. They selected me and I went. And uh, at that time, I remember the uh, 
because uh, uh, I, I remember that I was given an airplane ticket, a one-way airplane ticket. Huh? And uh, I had to, and then when I went there, I worked a little bit and then I earned my, sec my fare back. So I went for a one-year uh, trip there. I had to do my last year of high school there. And I wanted to see all of America, but I didn't have any money. But I had this thing that I had learned how to speak. So I used my skill of speaking. But then I had to ask myself, what, what should I speak on? What do people there want to hear? <laughs> so they were very curious about India. So I sat there and I learned, I read about Vivekananda. So I read his complete works so that I could talk about India and Indian philosophy. And that got me invited to various rotary clubs all over America. And that paid for my travel. So that way I got to see all of America. So it was an amazing experience. Wow. Yeah. So this, this, this guru, this mentor, this coach is, is inbuilt, ingrained kind of stuff. It started young. Started young. I, I really believe, I don't know if you've seen the, that uh, movie, uh, Ratatouille. Have you seen the movie? Yes. Huh? The Ratatouille, the, the line in that is that anyone can cook. Huh? So I strongly believe anyone can train. I think everyone has that inbuilt in them. It just needs to be nurtured and honed. And we have to find that, that mentor who can get that out of you is what I believe strongly. Because that's what happened with me. But can, I share, Raj, 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 can, can I share with you one, one thing that my mentor used to say? Huh? Yeah. It's a shlok, it's a huh? Sanskrit shlok. So he said, he was a Sanskrit scholar. He said, Amantaram aksharo nashti, nashti malamanaushadam. Huh? Amantra Maksharo Nashti, Nashti Malamanaushadam, Ayogya Purusha Nashti, Yojaka Satra Durlaba. What he means is this is there is not a single letter of the alphabet from which a mantra cannot be made. Amantra Maksharo Nashti, Nashti Malamanaushadam, there is not a single part of a, of a tree or a plant or a root from which, according to Ayurveda, a medicine cannot be made. Ayogya Purusharashti, there is not a single individual who does not have the capacity for greatness. Yojakastatra Durlabha, what is Durlabh, what is Nayab, what is rare, what is difficult to find, is that individual who can bring out that mantra, who can bring out that medicine, who can bring out the greatness of the individual. So teachers, gurus, uh, people who, who spend their time in being change catalysts, and those who help them like you, I think are, are blessed people. So I've been blessed. That's how it began. Superstars like you, you know, world renowned, a guru, a coach, a leader, a CEO, a chairperson, go on and on and on. Yes, teacher, so, teacher is simple. <laughs> yeah. So how, how, how all of this has kind of, you know, when is that you realize that this is what I really want to do? That moment, when I was 10 years old, I was looking at this man and he was teaching them stress management, I remember. So he made all the adults because they were all corporate professionals in suits sitting over there. And he was in his kurta pajama and he was doing his thing. And uh, his simplicity, his uh, depth of knowledge, his connect with the audience uh, and his lifestyle. He used to work only five days in a month, 25 days play sitar. Wow. So he's an amazing sitar player. Uh, he's from the Maihar Gharana. And that's where I learned all of these things, which uh, today I am fortunate to be sharing. Wow. So, do you uh, do you also play any instrument? <laughs> I, I would not say that. I was learning music under him, uh, vocal music. But he said I was a lousy student. <laughs> <laughs> and I believe him. So I sing, but I sing for myself and for family and things like that. Oh, awesome. I play the mouth organ, the harmonica, I play the harmonium, but it's just for pleasure. 
Awesome. Awesome. Good one. So, so right after college, is that what you've, you've started your journey or? Yeah, I started at the age of 17. At the age of 17, I conducted my first training program and this was in Bangalore. Because uh, from the age of 10 to the age of 17, I said I should not lose, some, lose so much time because I started learning at that age. So I decided the best way to do it is GUTS. So let's get into it. So GUTS later I learned can be an acronym, Genuine Urge to Succeed. Huh? Is a trainer in us. The trainer in us, you know, has to come out somewhere. So <laughs> uh, what I did was I said, okay, now nobody knows me. So what should I do? So I said, let's do some marketing. So I had a friend of mine, Manoj, I remember his name was, and he put up posters all over in the coffee shops and everywhere in Bangalore. And I went off for another course on, on meditation, Zen meditation, where I was being trained by a Japanese Zen master. As soon as I came out of that course, my friend had been able to gather about 30 people in the audience who were about 30, 40 year old from different companies because they made the brochure in such a way that they did not put my picture there because they didn't know that it was a kid. They didn't put my age. I was 17 years old. Wow. But by the time I had done a lot of stuff, so that it was a nice profile, which was absolutely true. But the seminar was called Make It Happen. Make It Happen was on the art of setting goals and achieving goals. So I remember the first thing when I stood over there, I tried to grow a little mush to look older because I was 17 years old. And I had all the 30, 40 year old guys sitting in front of me, corporate guys. And the first question one guy asked me was, what goals have you set in your life? That qualifies you to teach us. He asked me. Huh? First question. So I said, listen, the first goal I said was to get you here. Okay? You are here. Now the second goal I have is to finish the day happily. So if you allow me and support me and encourage me, I will do that. They said, yeah, yeah, we're with you. Do it, man. So I studied a lot of books. A lot of, I remember the Brian Tracy at that time. You know, uh, he's, still, he's still going strong. And uh, Charles Garfield. I remember reading all these books coming there. And performing and then doing the interactivity it was a great great uh, thrilling experience but what was more exciting for me was about 20 days later when one of the participants called me back and said that as a result of your learning learnings from the workshop I was able to make this change in my business and now I'm doing much better and things are looking much brighter I said holy cow this stuff works man <laughs> 17 huh yeah, 17 huh? But I was not allowed to do it much because my dad always told me, he said, uh, before you teach somebody, you have to learn something. right? So grow up a little bit. Huh? So I did this more like a hobby on the side. So I went into the corporate world. I studied. I did my industrial relations, mass communication, HR related subjects. And then I got into uh, uh, advertising. I got into marketing. I ran businesses. Did a whole lot of stuff before one day I got back full time into training. Great. Great. And what was that turning point there? I what where did uh, Gamma? Am I pronouncing it right? Gamma. That's right. That's right. Gamma. gamma. Yeah. When did that happen? See, Gamma happened much later. Actually, it I, it was a, it's just been a title change. In the beginning, I was very motivated by the American trainers. So the American trainers always put their own name in front there. You no, know? so you have the the Tony Robbins, or you have right from the Dale Carnegie. You know, it's the name of the individual. So I first started with my name as my academy. Then uh, I got over that ego trip huh? and uh, then decided to make it into an organization. <laughs> uh, so then I created an organization and then the name evolved to become Gamma because the turning point was uh, when I was actually looking for something 
that would fill a need in the market. Because I said there are so many trainers, there are so many people who, in fact, these days there are more teachers than students. Uh, everybody wants to be a speaker, everybody wants to be a teacher. So what can we say that is new? I said, if there is nothing to say that is new, then might as well be with somebody who's already saying it. Right. So we did a lot of research. Uh, me, my sister is a psychotherapist. Uh, my wife is also now in the in the field and she's been an educationist for a long time. She works with kids too. She teaches speech and drama. So uh, we did a lot of uh, thinking about this and research. And I honestly came to the conclusion that there is nothing new to say. Whatever has to be said has been said in some form or the other by somebody or the other. All that we can do is if we come up with something, we can package old wine in new bottle. Right. And I found this has been happening even if you take Vipassana meditation. Uh, your John Kabat-Zinn uh, took it to America and started mindfulness. Uh, mindfulness was better marketed and so people don't know the connection. Then I found that Deepak Chopra, Sri Sri Ravi Shankarji, all these come from their guru who was Mahesh, uh, Maharishi Mahesh. Okay? Anthony Robbins was the number one motivational speaker in America. His teacher, he says Jim Ron, but he also he learned most of his work comes from NLP. NLP was started by John Grinder and Richard Bandler. So I learned from Richard Bandler. So when I got deeper into all this, I found that everything is being repackaged and promoted like a brand. But they all have their origins somewhere and they've all been said somewhere. So I said, if you have to be honest and if I have to still add value, what can I do? So we came up with this concept of putting everything in one place because you have a separate corporate training, which is more skill based. You have separate technical training, which is more knowledge based. You have separate values based training, which is either for top management or for kids. You have separate uh, motivational training. All the clapping and the jumping up and down, uh, which is for the uh, motivational guys. But there's no one place where you put all of them together. So we tried to make a holistic system uh, where we have aligned with all the existing. We, we researched about 450 different sources. Wow. And the, uh, the inspiration for that, the turning point to answer your question, was an experience that I had to uh, to conduct a program for an IT company for top managers based on a Harvard Business School curriculum. So I was a faculty for this Harvard Business School publishing certification program for top IT managers where I had to translate what these Harvard guys are saying to make sense to these top IT guys. <laughs> I normally never go for training because they send other people. I'm talking right at the top level. And it has to make sense for them to stay through the entire program. So we created a program called Spectrum, made the acronym of that and did the program. Uh, the One of the things that I read at that time was a uh, work by Nitin Nhoria, who was the dean of Harvard Business School, called What Really Works. What It's a very, very interesting paper, Raj, you should get hold of it. What Really Works says that Tom Peters came in search of excellence. He, he interviewed some companies which were excellent. His book became a bestseller. He became a management guru. But 15 years later, those companies went down. Oh. And somebody else came. The point is that everybody says this will work or that will work. Every time there's a new fad or a new, new technique or a new acronym. Uh, but what will stand the test of time? What really works? And he came up with a very robust research for what works to make a company really successful over 50 years, over 100 years. So we said, can we come up with something like this for happiness? 
what really will give long-term happiness to individuals. And we created an entire system, did a lot of research. That was the turning point. Wow. Yeah. Wow. And then, and you have this uh, a full-fledged program now, right? That's right. That's right. We have full-fledged program that incorporates all this. Uh, and all the work that we do is basically an excerpt of that full flesh. It's a system. We've created a system. Huh? So uh, we call it a, uh, applied science of leadership and happiness. The, the premise is that to be happy, we have to be able to take charge of our inner processes, our mind, to train our mind. And we have to be able to influence other people also. Because if you're not able to influence our outside surroundings uh, and we just be happy here, then something outside will disturb it. So we need to have both. So that works in very beautifully with the companies also and with the educational institutions we work for. It's working. Something we're doing is working. I don't know what. <laughs> so what, what, is, what is working? I mean, I, I'm sure you have examples, right? Raj, your questions are fantastic, man. I've got so many questions to ask you myself, but you're not allowing me to. I will. I will. Between, I'll slip it in. Uh, I asked a friend of mine in Europe this question. I've been working with this company for more than 10 years now. And uh, uh, I joke with these people. They have 1,000 employees they had when they started off. We have this concept that we train everybody from CEO to sweeper. Okay. We have another concept that we don't train the company unless the CEO is willing to be trained. Because you cannot create lasting change or cultural change in an organization unless the change comes from the top. If you want to do one-day program, two-day program, you want to have fun, you want to do it as a last resort in some resort, that's okay. But if you really want to create change, it has to be done over a period of time. And we keep going back every month to reinforce it until it becomes a habit. So the stickiness makes it application-oriented. That is what I think works. Because I joked and I asked my clients, I said, why do you keep calling me back? You didn't understand what I said last time? <laughs> uh, so that, that company, for example, has grown more than four times uh, in the last 10 years. Uh, and even in the economic crisis that they had, they were able to grow. So, and they credit, they give me some credit. I don't know how to exactly map it and, def and measure it, but I'm very happy for the credit. Okay. Awesome. Something seems to be working. That's brilliant. Yeah. And so, like the four times things are working. Yeah. Maybe for the listeners, um, do you have any, like, you know, real examples where uh, for somebody there's change in, in the way that the, the person kind of, you know, carry, carries out his professional, his personal life or group yeah. of people like that? See, we, we work with different audiences. Huh? So I think what you're talking about is the corporate audience. Is that correct? Yeah, you're yeah. talking about corporate. Because yeah. we have about 200 companies that we've been working with over a period of time, over the last 20 years, I think, 20, 25 years. And uh, now we've started working with companies with this MetaMind alignment concept, where we work with them on a contract over a period of at least one year. And then we renew that. So when we work with, with companies like that, uh, we have our measurement systems in place. Uh, there's a friend of mine I met uh, over a drink. Huh? Uh, in uh, Taj in Bombay, huh? uh, his name he's he's uh, the he was a director of performance measurement, huh? vice president of performance measurement at Accenture, Dad huh? Waddington, huh? and I asked him a question over there. He had a PhD in measurement, so I asked him, Dad, can happiness be measured? He said, If it exists, it can be measured. Anything that exists can be measured. So I laughed and joked, and I said, Listen, I have it. You measure it. Okay. 
<laughs> so a lot of experiment, a lot of work that has been done now in the field of positive psychology also that correlates happiness to performance. And essentially what we do is, we, uh, I have a lot of success stories. This company that I was referring to you about since you wanted specific examples, there's a company called Agna Group. Agna Group is run by a visionary uh, leader uh, in Albania. His name is Vasil Nachi. Okay? And he came and attended my program in India 10 years ago, more than 10 years ago, uh, at the Indo-American Society. Okay? And he attended a program for about three hours that I conducted. It was a six session, but I had other trainers who were doing it. So I did for three hours there. And then he invited me there. And since then, I've been working with him. And there's tremendous transformation. That's the company that I mentioned to you that's grown tremendously in terms of numbers. Uh, it's a multi-million uh, euro company uh, that grew several times over in the last 10 years. So we have several examples that when the employees take care or when the, when the management takes care of the happiness of the employees, the business grows. So all our programs are happiness centric, but happiness is not just switch yourself off, close your eyes and meditate. No, nice. happiness comes in three areas, will, skill and thrill. The will part is that is the, the mindset element. The skill part is the behavioral element. So we do all of these skills like communication, team building and all that, but we have the appropriately mapped mindsets that you need to have to actually learn the skill sets. This ensures that the skill set remains for a longer time and becomes a part of the person. The thrill is about execution. Do they remember it? Do they use it when we are not there? And we have a system which is called I lead. I lead is I lead myself. So we have to begin. Leadership begins with self. So there is 10 different modules. And these 10 different modules we do once per month for every employee in the company. Wow. That creates cultural transformation. Wow. So it's a big, big uh, commitment on the part of the team or the organization, but uh, this proven results. So, so far it's working well. How, how you do the thrill part of it? I, I really love the skill, will and thrill. So how do you do the thrill part of it? See, the thrill part of it is with a lot of techniques. See, for What I mean by the thrill part of it is this. You may know what you want and you may be very motivated to get it. Hmm. So you have the will part. So the motivation is there. Clarity is there. All that is there. You may even know how to get it. You know the strategies. You've learned communication skills. You've learned this skill, that skill. Everything is the team building. But at the time of performance is what is the thrill. So if a person is sitting in the car and he knows where he wants to go, the car is also working okay. He knows how to drive. But at that time he's drunk. Okay. Or at that time he's distracted. Or at that time he's stressed then all his will and skill are of no use unless he's able to harness that and implement it at that point of time. Execution with flow. You know, the, the optimal level of performance where you're enjoying your work that Mihaly Sixth Mihaly, University of Chicago professor called it flow. How you enjoy the work and time stops and you're excellent at your performance. How to make it all work for you. That's the thrill part. And there's several techniques we have for that which we take from all the different sources, from, from meditation to uh, hypnosis to uh, your latest in neurosciences, everything. <laughs> no, I, I love the example. Seriously, I mean, if yeah. you are drunk and you are not in your senses, then yeah. the thrill of driving will go out. 
That's right. And you won't even reach there. Huh? Yeah. So if, if people have fear, for example, huh, they are about to go for a meeting. They have prepared for the meeting. They know their stuff. Huh? But because at that moment, fear or stress grips them, huh? how to handle that in that moment to change their state of mind so they're able to perform? Brilliant. That's the thrill yeah. part. Yeah. But there are some companies that focus only on that thrill part. So they all talk about jumping up and down, slapping your hands. Array, but what about the knowledge? What about the clarity? What about the direction? So you have to have a combination of all this. I agree. Uh, super. So that's why I have the good fortune of uh, uh, of working with CEOs uh, uh, or with the founders of the company, because uh, uh, this two, this two, there's a there's a plus point and there's a minus point in that. The minus point is only in the beginning, but that's no problem because that's great fun. Is that uh, uh, the first question they have is, I grew my company from this two hundred million dollars or two hundred million dollars. What are you going to teach me? Huh? Or I'm, I'm this level now. What what can you teach me? Huh? So we say we have to begin with you. So the first thing I call this breaking the coconut. You know, using the Indian analogy of starting something new. Huh? So the hardest nuts to crack is what they give me, huh? and I specialize in hard nuts to crack. <laughs> Anybody who doesn't want to learn, huh, they send them to me. Uh, so I have parents sending their kids to me. I have uh, you know, <laughs> all kinds of situations. Huh? So I have the CEOs who say that this is my top guy. Everything is okay about him, but people get pissed off with him. Huh? Just yeah. change that one part. Don't let him leave. Huh? He's doing everything else right, but people are getting pissed off. I don't want him to piss off people. Now, then I work with the person on just that and we change that. Right? We do one-to-one -one coaching and we work with it. So we do behavioral transformation. Uh, the, I was once called to the Dalai Lama. Uh, I, I went to the Dalai Lama temple and I was invited to train the monks there. Wow. On happiness. On happiness. Can you imagine this? <laughs> now, these are guys who teach the world happiness. Huh? I know. And I was going to train them happy. So the first question that I asked them is, and we had a great time. Oh, we were laughing all the time. It was good fun. But uh, sitting on the floor and uh, I asked them a question. I said, listen, you are sitting in Himalayas and you're happy, right? He said, yeah. Uh, so I said, if you come to Mumbai uh, uh, and you get married uh, and you go to work every day, and you go in the traffic and you have a boss. Uh, okay. That's the kind of happiness people are looking for. People are not looking for the happiness of going away somewhere and being happy. They want to know how to be happy with all this stuff around them. Okay? So let's talk about that happiness. So that way the context gets changed, minds get open. It's, it's an amazing experience. Brilliant. Brilliant. So I'm sure people must be missing you now, right? You're, you're yeah, I hope so. I hope so. Uh, are they not? I don't know because uh, I guess when I talk to some people, they will tell me those people I talk to are not missing me because I'm talking to them. The other people I don't know. Okay. I'm sure. <laughs> are you are you still doing your uh, your workshops and your? Yeah, yeah. So what what I've done now is this is a totally new world that is open up to me, which is the online world because I'm technologically challenged. <laughs> I have worked for more than 25, 30 years now uh, without any marketing. All the work that I'm getting is only through word of mouth and through satisfied clients referring it to someone else. And because of the kind of work that I do also with celebrities and with individuals who have crisis situations, one-to-one -one when we do coaching, it's very, very confidential work. Also, the work I do with organizations, uh, a guy who's got, got some business growth through our training, 
he recommends it to his friend and says, you know, get this guy. I don't know what he does, but your business will grow. Huh? And then they do one day program and then we talk and then it grows, goes into the entire organization and we form a system. And after I go there, then I move out slowly and I send my trainers. That's the way I've set up the entire system, the business. So right now, uh, I've been experimenting a little bit with uh, live sessions, uh, Instagram live and uh, with recording. Because I see the future is technology. You Are you feeling it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, of course, yeah. There's a lot of differences. Huh? So I see a difference in the in the overall, or at least there should be this difference in the overall mindset. The bar has been raised. This is one more change I found in terms of mindset. When there is less money, or when there's fear that there will be less money, huh? when there is uncertainty, huh? uh, only essential. Uh, uh, allowed. If you, even now, if you look at the law, look, they say who is allowed outside only if it's essential. Who is allowed to work? Only essential services are allowed to work. This should make everybody get up and realize that we are not essential. Those of us who are sitting at home. Yeah. <laughs> so we, we need to look at it from that perspective and think and don't look at it as a negative thing, but see what can we do to reinvent ourselves, to add more value and become, if not essential, at least more relevant to people. Can we adapt in these times? Can we reinvent in these times? And can we maybe reskill, upskill ourselves, learn something new to be more essential? So, three things collaboration, give back, and be essential. Absolutely. Yeah. Collaboration, give back. Right. And also, very, very, that comes in the power to influence and motivate. We need motivators. Absolutely. See, when, when things are clear, we know yeah. what to do. We don't need motivation. You need motivation when there is stress. You need motivation when there is lack of clarity. When you don't know what's going to happen tomorrow, you need somebody telling you, oh yeah, it will work. Don't worry, have belief in yourself. So we have to know how to be our own motivators, which means manage our mind. And there's so much of garbage that is coming to us in terms of information and misinformation. Yeah. How to see about all that. So man, motivating ourselves and motivating other people, influencing them to buy our niche. So we may find that niche, which I spoke about in the earlier one, but how to sell that niche is the third aspect of it. How to motivate ourselves and how to motivate others. And I found one more thing, if I may share as part of this, is I found that training online is a very different ball game from training face-to-face. Uh, -face. So there may be some new skills that the trainers will have to learn or the HRD people or even the leaders who want to motivate their people who are in remote places. And one of them is speaking skills. Well, I'm, I'm saying visual impact, auditory impact, and emotional impact. Of course, with the message being sensible and well articulated. You cannot hold the attention of people on the screen unless you have some drama happening, unless you have some, you know. So learning. <laughs> So learning huh? and also you have to be careful and some people, you know, they don't realize that they're on this thing. They're wearing shorts underneath. Huh? Are you wearing shorts underneath or no? Uh, see? Well, that's but, a secret. Uh, see? So people, people tend to stand up. They, they, they're not used to this. So they have to develop their, apart from that emotional intelligence, social intelligence, develop their digital intelligence, you know, digital quotient. Uh, this is the new, new normal. So uh, I strongly suggest for all the trainers, all the motivators, all the leaders, all the managers, learn superior motivation, uh, motivation speaking skills, speaking skills. Because 
you apart if if it's just your content that is good people will go to sleep they will not engage with you yeah. you don't have too much of that leeway to do all those activities that you used to do yeah. you don't even have uh, the crutch of the powerpoint presentations that we used to say that people look at powerpoint because they want to visually learn actually the trainers use powerpoint because they don't know what to say if the powerpoint goes off huh? okay so it's more of a crutch my my mentor used to say too much powerpoint is very little power and not much point okay. <laughs> love that I'll use it. I'm, I'm, I'm stealing that. Yeah, please, please go ahead. It's all there. And you can't walk up to the person and tap on the shoulder saying that, "Dude, wake up." That's right. You cannot do all. This. So you have to be good. The bar, and we are not in a bar right now, but the bar has raised. Only the excellent will survive. The way to deal with uncertainty, the way to deal with insecurity, is to develop excellence. Love it. This is love it. This is what I've learned. Yeah, and you're making my job very, very easy. So my my next, I wanted to really ask you is, uh, you know, what is the impact, you know, that in a way that you've already articulated, but sure. still, if, if you have to give us like the impact on freelancing, the impact on the training industry, the impact on kind of you know consulting business, what do you, what do you have you experienced yourself? Do you have yes, yeah, about I, it? Yeah. Yeah, I've, I've thought about it, and uh, for me, in fact, it's a little different because my business has grown. It's yeah. strange, but I'm more busy now than I was ever before. It's in a different way, uh, and I'm learning a lot, lot of new things right now. But so what I've seen happening now is that a lot of those people who uh, went away and wanted to uh, use the knowledge uh, and try to fight in the marketplace based on price uh, are being the most affected affected today because when you fight on price in the market you are de you're delivering something that they want uh, and that many people can supply so basic skills you have so many people who will do communication skills you have so many people yeah. who will do stress management so uh, and if you if you are given the templates by the company then it becomes even more standardized because there's not much scope for difference. So then it's just a, it's a shop, you know, it's like a workshop, it's a factory. These people are the most hit, and I found that those who uh, provide something different, like I was, we were talking about Pooja earlier, uh, one of my trainers who's been with me now for nine years. She's been trained by us for nine years. She's gone through training. Her own passion was dance, uh, so she learned professional dance. And then she learned uh, the positive psychology, metamind alignment systems from us. She combined these two and she now does a program called Dance and Emotions, which today is going fantastic Absolutely. because people want something different. People yeah. want music, people want dance. So uh, today is the time for niche. So those freelancers, those trainers who are able to provide uh, something niche, uh, and if they are able to adapt it and position it in a way that is required for today's times, uh, they are doing extremely well. Whereas the others who are run of the mill, who are only looking at uh, delivering the same thing that others were delivering, they were not able to create that positioning for themselves. They are going through tough times. So my recommendation to those people would be, please up your game by learning speaking skills, motivational skills, because then you will be able to speak in a way that is engaging to the audience, even on a screen. I know people who are teaching karate online now. They're using digital technology, uh, animation along with person. I know people who are doing dance 
uh, teaching dance online uh, through your uh, various medium that you have. Yeah. You can have classrooms. Huh? So I think they're moving digital a little bit more. Yeah. And uh, I found that also uh, for me personally, one-to-one -one coaching has shot up. Oh, okay. A lot of people who are still working, they're still on the payroll. So why not get them trained? So their bosses have decided that we need to put these people, they themselves also come for the coaching. So on strategy, they say that if you sweat more in peace, you will bleed less in war. So in this time when everybody is confined and isolated, this is a great time for the training business, provided we're able to create that niche, provided we're able to collaborate, provided we're able to position it well and upskill our own presentation skills so we can motivate other people even when we talk something that may be uh, only information based. I strongly suggest for people who are only giving information, technical information, uh, children's education if you want to go, but do it with animation, do it with that. Uh, with, with the spark in the eye and with all the paraphernalia. So it's the but time for drama in life a little bit. It's time for drama, that's right. Huh? So we call that improv theatrics. Okay. Improvised, in MetaMind Alignment, we have a term for that. Improvised theatrical way of presentation so that audio-visual means what you hear is audio, what you see is visual. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> I have to have these. <laughs> <laughs> Great. So Avinash Ananda, are you concerned are you are you concerned about your business? Are yes, you, are you scared about your business? No, I'm not. I'm concerned. I'm not scared. I'm concerned more than my business. I'm concerned about the industry. People are not ready for this crisis. Is what I'm concerned about. I'm concerned that people will continue to think in the same way and continue to try to be one up over the other instead of going for the top, which is empty, where all you need to do is skill up, find one niche area and find a way to become an expert and master in that niche. Right. And then collaborate with other people who have their own niches and build your brand. Brand comes from actually delivering the results, adding the value. This is the concern that I have. There are, are people willing to put in the effort to do this because it's needed. So from my side, what I'm trying to do is I want to come up with a new course. I've not yet put it together, but an online course to teach people presentation skills. Oh, super nice. So if that can happen and then with your help and with other people who are interested in helping the community, uh, even managers, if a manager has to have a meeting, if you just have a simple meeting, how can you influence the people in the meeting who are sitting at various locations? You right. need to be more effective. You need to be more influential. And the other thing is, if you're all alone, how do you motivate yourself? You need to be able to so these things, motivating yourself and motivating other people are very important skills to be learned. Perfect. Perfect. And obviously all this, you're saying it because do you, you, you feel that this, this, this is here to stay. I, uh, see, I do not want it to stay. I don't want COVID to stay, but right. I am <laughs> talking about the situation. No, I wish the learnings that I mentioned stay. I wish that, see, there are three things to do when you come out of a crisis situation. And I'm sure we'll be out of the crisis situation because when you don't know what is going to happen, it is better to believe that it will be good. I strongly believe that if you, if you know what's going to happen, you know. But if you don't know, why think it's going to be bad? Might as well think it's going to be good because at least you have the energy to go on today. So let's believe it will be good. Let's work towards it as if it will be good. But my point is, even if everything is good and we come out of it, there's one of three things that will happen to people. Either people will break down as a result of this or people will 
go back to what they used to be in some way, try to use the old ways or people will grow. Right. I hope people grow. That's my concern. My concern is I hope that people really grow and work on increasing their influence on themselves and on the people around them. Take more responsibility for the energy that you are giving out. Don't right. be entitled is my, is my concern. Right. Right. And obviously this, this virtual world will, will, will be here. Absolutely. I think, I think, I think in any case it would be here because this is the world that will scale it. So if you have something of impact to give, this is the way to scale it. I don't think there will be any substitute. Uh, I come from the old school huh, to the, to the one-on-one -on -one, uh, contact. But I think that if we explore uh, and if there's no other way, and we should find ways to make this effective. The corporate side of the world, where what yeah. do you think in in your opinion? What are they thinking? The HR heads, the L and D heads. How do they build up the people capabilities, or what is their plan? See, you know, I, I've confidence. Huh? Confidence. Where does it come from? Confidence comes from clarity. When there is clarity, we are we feel confident. Confident comes from competence. When we know what to do, we feel confident. But today there is no clarity and there is no competence to handle the situation because it never happened before. Right. But I think the role of HR and the role of corporate leaders today is to give confidence. Now, how do you give confidence when there's no clarity and no competence? Because there is a third way of giving confidence and that is with belief. There is no basis. But you need to be confident. <laughs> Simon Sinek said, "Leader eats last." Huh? Uh, our leader give uh, he has one more concept that he talks about, where he says that security. Huh? People have leaders because they want to feel safe. Today, if you take away safety, huh, they don't need a leader. Uh, people will will uh, will uh, they will they will rebel. Huh? So, if you want to keep an organization together, that is un where the future is uncertain. If you want to keep employees engaged when they are virtually in different locations, if you want to keep them confident and loyal uh, and reduce the attrition and keep them motivated, even when uh, uh, you don't know what is going to happen, then the way to do it is first you need to work, the managers or the leaders or the HR people need to work on uh, themselves uh, developing and projecting this confidence, uh, which is based only on belief. So how to develop belief when the reality says something else is a skill that I think people need to learn. And all our community of trainers who talk so much about motivation and belief, this is the time to use it. Right. So this is the time where you can really teach the people how to be confident. And then if you can teach people how to, how to project this confidence, how to transmit this confidence. A leader does three things. Learn, apply, transmit. If we can teach them how to learn to be confident, how to apply that confidence in their workplace and how to transmit it to their people, that is the need of the game. That is the key objective of the HR people. The second thing I would say for HR people and for managers today in the corporate world is familiarity, is, is adaptability in uncertainty or being comfortable with things changing very fast. Uh, ambiguity, uh, handling things in ambiguity. Then again, they need to have very high energy levels and they need to be able to think in terms of if I do this, what will happen? I know one company today, for example, where it was declared that uh, all the services, this happened today, 
all the all this i'm not i cannot name the company but all the services uh, they extended the essential services list and in this in this company fit in that so they said 50% of your employees can come to work then one evening before that they clamped it down the government changed the rule here in karnataka it happened where i am right now currently i am in karnataka and the rule changed so now all the employees who had come there 50% of the workforce could come to work as per law they had to go back so there are a lot of things new challenges that will come up and you need new ways to deal with these new challenges for that people need to be comfortable with rapid changes with ambiguity so this rapid speed agility agility if you want to put it in points i'm talking about for managers they need to learn agility they need to learn how to keep themselves confident and they need to learn how to transmit this confidence to other people this is their key function apart from the work that they can do right whatever work can be done remotely have it done remotely whatever work cannot be done remotely find some other work for those people right. so there are a lot of tough decisions going to be made you're going to have more people who are out of their corporate jobs and they join our breed of freelancers yep you have to have something ready for them too so there's a lot of things that changes that are happening the key is not to use the old strategies in the new world the old strategies are project yourself like a hero make you make be arrogant uh, we have to come down we have to be open we have to be humble otherwise it will not work and the mind works best when open yeah please does this go to the to hr heads lnd heads and all so which means uh, the cut copy paste will will not work now i hope so i hope so uh, see right right now uh people are looking they're looking for people who want to really add value so i would suggest for you also raj if uh, uh, you have something uh, uh, some ideas that are of value today is the time where probably it will work this is the time where they'd be willing to listen to something that is of substance because unless there is a pain people don't look for solutions very few people want to learn something before they need to learn it and then when they need to learn it is probably too late can i share with you a story tell sure. a story sure. uh, there was this guy who was in a desert and in this desert he was very thirsty and uh, he was so thirsty that uh, there was no water there was no there was no water in the desert okay he had money but he had no water right so he was looking and looking and looking and then he saw one guy on a camel after a couple of hours and he said wow this guy on a camel he looks like he has many things let me go to him and ask him for water so he goes to me he says do you have some water he says no he says if you have water give me i'll give you money he says no but i'm selling ties i have tie he said i don't want your ties he said listen you buy two ties i'll give you one free he said are you stupid are you crazy i don't want your ties i want water you give me water i'll give you money he said listen i'll give you a discount and you see this lovely design is made in this I said, what the, what's wrong with you man so the guy goes away two hours he keeps looking again he finds another guy who's on a, another camel and he goes to him he says i hope you are not like that first guy he said you met my competitor <laughs> said, what do you mean you also are selling ties <coughs> he said i want water he said i don't have water but whatever my competitor gave you i'll give you a better price huh? i'll give you, i'll give you three ties free on every two ties you buy <clears throat> he got angry with him he left him one hour later this man was very thirsty by this time and fed up 
he finds a restaurant in the middle of the desert. He's very happy because he has money. He can go in there, order something to drink, get his water. But when he goes there, there are some bouncers, security guys standing outside. He says, you cannot enter unless you have a tie. Boom. <laughs> so the, the analogy that I use in this for our trainer friends and for people who want to learn is that when we need to learn something, uh, it may be too late. And when we are giving you something to learn, you say, I don't need this now. So from your perspective, you don't need it, but you don't know. So, and usually people at the higher level in organizations have a better perspective. So there's more chance of people who really want to do value, give value to a company. There's more chance of them being hurt today because people are hurting. They're in crisis. They're in pain. This is my Super. suggestion. Super. <laughs> so listen, yes, take, us, take us through the other side. That's what after we are out of this. Yeah. So how? So I, I need a I need a game plan from you with so much of knowledge and experience. You you tell us, guide us, coach us, direct us. Give Ooh, me that. Right. What is your hundred days? Yeah. What is your hundred days plan to get to the other side? Hundred days plan. I have not chalked out in a way that I can share it with you. If you're telling me what do I suggest to people to do, yeah, I would. Can I? Can I? Can I sum it up trainer style so that it becomes clearer for people? We will be speaking about lots of things. Awesome. So I say renew. Just said one word. What do we need to do post COVID, and what do we need to do for the post COVID now? Because it's going to go away. We're going to be okay. How we're going to be okay? I don't know, but it's good to believe it gives energy, huh? So uh, <laughs> renew, renew. R is respond. So when I say respond for each of these things, I'll give you two things. Okay. So that it becomes clear. This becomes like a takeaway for your people. Huh? Awesome. Respond. When I say respond, I'm saying don't react. In respond, one of the points is use zero based thinking. Look at things freshly. The second one I'm saying is adapt. Huh? Adapt because as things change, you change. All this comes under one R, which is respond. This R is from renew where the E is Excel. I'm just summarizing everything we've spoken about so far. Excel, say Excel because the bar is raised. Excel because only when you add value will you be able to survive and thrive. Excel, how do you excel? Two points for excelling. One is learn everything. Don't learn just what you like to learn. So for running a business, you need to learn marketing. I know so many trainers who are so lousy at marketing and they don't want to do marketing. I mean, come on, yeah? if any business, whether it's training business, consulting business or any product business, you have the basics. You need to know marketing. You need to know finance. You need to know this. You need to know that. I don't want it. I will do only what I love to do. This is again one American problem, motivational speakers. They messed up some people. No? When people don't understand the whole thing, they get messed up with these uh, messages. You cannot only do what you love to do. You have to learn to love to do the things you have to do to succeed. So uh, how do you learn to love to do? How do you learn to love something by learning it? A friend of mine asked me, he said, I, I told my friend, I don't like playing chess. So he says, you know why you don't like playing chess? Avi? He told me, I said, why? He said, because you don't know chess. I said, what? He said, if you learn chess, if you learn the moves, if you master the moves, you win one or two games, you will love it. So we can love finance, we can love marketing, we can love motivational speaking, we can love everything. No, I am a trainer who only speaks, who only works with 10 people. 
more than 20 people or 20, more than 20 people, you will not have effectiveness. Who told you? This is because you cannot do more than 20 people. So increase the capability. Learn everything that needs to be learned, not just what you love to learn. That is learn. Second thing is pay the price. Pay the price of learning, please. People are willing to say, okay, if you give it to me, I'll learn. They say I'm open to learning, but they're not willing to put in the discipline, the determination. They're not willing to acknowledge their teachers. I found very few of even the top speakers, top trainers, consultants who talk about their beginnings and where they came from. Very, very few people. And you were not born out of your mother's womb saying, hey, guys, don't worry, man. I'm a motivational speaker. It doesn't work like that. So, and if you are somewhere, you have to acknowledge that person. Uh, so, one uh, politician told me one day, he said, Sabka baap hota hai. Okay. <laughs> acknowledge your baap, man. Be, be proud of it. Don't, don't compete even with your baap. It's stupid. So, uh, pay the price. Then, R, E, respond, excel. N is niche. Niche. Find your niche. And in niche, I will say, there's two things. Niche is where your talent meets the market needs uh, but you still have to put effort even that is not enough so niche is the niche is learn how to influence more people to know that you are in that niche or influence more people through that niche so for example if it is see what happens with people is they they pay lots of money to become a trainer uh, either they become a Kishini trainer, Bilpuri trainer, which means they take one certificate, NLP, one certificate, EM, one certificate, ah, trainer one year. Or they become like specialized trainer, they put some lakhs of rupees and they become one brand, Stephen Covey trainer or Edward DiBono trainer. Huh? So, we have to do only that. So, my problem point is, problem with people, I, I love it, any learning is good. I believe there should be more trainers, everybody should be a trainer. Because if anybody helps anybody, it's good. The problem is when you get stuck to that thing that you learned, and you try to use that one hammer on everything. You have to have an array. That's why we created the meta-meta alignment thing. Because now you have lots of tools to use. Depending on the individual, depending on the case, you use that which will work. Your allegiance should be to the result of what your client wants. Allegiance should not be to where I come from, so I'm only this. So niche is good. But please cater the niche to delivering results. Don't say my niche is knitting. If you say niche is dancing, show me how dancing will improve my business. Or give me my... That's right. Absolutely. So niche, we say number one is influence for results. Influence, use your niche for the, for the result. The second thing for niche, I say is build a brand in your niche. Please build yourself as a brand in the niche. And let there be consistency in that. And for building a brand in your niche, if you don't have money to build a brand, your speech, your clarity, your positioning of who you are, what is the benefit, and there are ways to learn that, will be the brand. Because at least you have to say something that you do, if other people are not saying for you. Then uh, E, R is respond, E is excel, N is niche, E is engage. Engage is what we spoke about right at the beginning. Engage with with people from different niches engage with people like what you are you are doing a phenomenal job by engaging with people and so the more you engage with your clients the more you engage with your colleagues the more you engage with your students the more new things will come out for engaging you need two things number one we need to be open-minded and we are not open-minded we are prejudiced we have egos number two is we need to lower our ego 
and we need to lower our arrogance. Can I tell you one quick story? Yeah. There were. Thank you. There were three uh, men, grown men, out of which one was an old man who was a grandfather, and the fourth passenger in this aircraft was a 12 year old boy. So the four passengers, it's just a story, so it's only four passengers, small aircraft, three grown men, one small boy, one of the grown men is the grandfather of the small boy, and there's one pilot. Halfway through the journey, when they're up in the sky, the pilot says, there's something wrong huh, with this plane, it's going to crash, it's just a joke. So uh, there are some parachutes there, you guys figure it out, I'm going. He takes his parachute and jumps. You know, parachute, he puts it on. And when you jump, you press the button, the parachute comes, you're safe. <coughs> so now these three guys and this one boy are there, but there are only three parachutes. So there are you no know, four people, but three parachutes. So one of these guys, let's call him Ramesh, very arrogant businessman you know, or top corporate executive. He says, you know, without me, my business will not run. Nothing will happen. And I don't know what you guys are doing, but I'm going to do what I have to do. He picks up the thing, he puts it on and he jumps down. Now there are three of them left. Uh, and the other young guy says, Listen, I run a business of my own also. It's a small business. I have to do many things. I have many ambitions. I have a hundred day plan and all. So, uh, so you, are an, you are an old man. You are a young kid. You'll do nothing. So he takes one parachute and jumps off. So the who's left? The grandfather and the grandson. Grandfather says, listen, there's only one parachute left. The other two guys are gone. You are my, I love you a lot. And you have a longer life to live. You go. Grandson says, but grandpa, why? We have two parachutes. He said, how? What happened? He said, no, that, that uh, Ramesh uncle, that arrogant guy, uh, he picked up my school bag and he jumped. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> so sometimes too much of arrogance, too much of ego, too much of trying to show that you're very good, which many of the people who are freelancers, consultants and experts. And it's part of the job. It's part of the job to position yourself like an expert. But don't do it when you have to learn. Yeah. The problem is, it's like, you know, going into a temple, take out your chappal outside and go inside. When you come out, take it, put it on and go. Don't leave it there. So ego is like that. You use it where you have to use it to do your marketing, to do your business, to build your confidence, to impress your students. But don't use it when you have to learn. Right. Otherwise, you'll be like the guy who jumps off with the parachute, with the school bag. So this is engage. The last one, R was respond, E was excel, N was niche, E was engaged. W is a wow. Wow yourself. And wow your clients. How do you wow? When I say clients, I mean it could be if you're a manager, a corporate manager, wow your team. Wow yourself. How you wow yourself? Keep yourself on a wow all the time. Don't listen to negative garbage. Use all your training and motivation on yourself. Be a product of the product. So people looking at you know that you're using it. It's not just words. So you wow yourself, motivate yourself. And then you, and to motivate yourself, in case people don't know what to do exactly, I'm saying three things only: courage, uh, bold action. Just sitting in one place and having courage is clearly pull out. You, know, you have to take action, <clears throat> and then you see if it's working or not, and change. So courage, bold action, and unshakable belief. This will build a wow for yourself. Wow for others will come if you learn the skill of impressive speaking. Which includes the words, the voice, the, uh, everything, the theatrics, everything, huh? and the content. The content has to make sense. So one is you learn how to be an effective speaker. Today's day and age, most required skill, done, man. <laughs> wow. Wow. <laughs> Beautiful. Thank you so Beautiful. much. Sir.
so basically renew yourself that's right for the other side that's right. absolutely absolutely and this yeah. is the time i love i love the way you summarize powerful <laughs> well you know lovely lovely talking to you thanks a ton for your time and thank you so much appreciate this appreciate this it all for our community going Absolutely. back to them i hope somebody somewhere gets inspired to get renew themselves for Absolutely. The it's time it's the time to do it time to do That's it well, thank, thank you time. thank you thank so you very much thanks a lot bye yeah. bye wow what a conversation what a guy well thank you for watching and thank you for listening if you like the gig don't forget to subscribe us on youtube on different podcast platforms and do like us do leave your comments i will be back with you guys very soon with another awesome guest till then stay safe and stay connected cheers